Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force, the show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. This show is designed as an introduction to modern day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. The episode you're about to hear originally debuted on YouTube last week. I created a PowerPoint presentation that I posted as, I was going to have it as a YouTube exclusive, but I know that some people prefer to listen to things in the podcast format. So I'm going to post the audio of that YouTube presentation here in my podcast feed. Um, Just know that there may be some references that you may miss out on a little bit based on the audio format versus the visual format. But I do want to thank everybody that did subscribe and listen to and watch the video on YouTube. I really appreciate that. I'll probably be doing more like those in the future. Um, I will be posting part two of the presentation um, this week, and then I'll be posting the podcast of it a few days later. So stay tuned to my Twitter. It's at conspiracy underscore Kyle, conspiracy with a K, for more details on that as the week goes on. Uh, Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. Welcome to another episode of Conspiracy in the Force. My name is Conspiracy Kyle. Thank you for tuning in to this YouTube-exclusive episode titled Intergalactic Totalitarianism, Part 1. This is going to be walking through how we got from the Republic of Old in the prequel trilogy to the Galactic Empire that we see in the original trilogy. What are the steps that happened that took us along that path to get there? And what, if anything, can we learn uh, from the totalitarianism aspects of Star Wars um, that we can glean in our world? So here we go. We're going to go through this. Um, Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Oops. Okay, so let's start off. So, first of all, let's talk about movies in general. Why did this always seem that Hollywood sets terrible events in places far away from America? Obviously, there's a lot of movies about things happening in America, but it's interesting, some of the most heinous and, and disturbing things in movies seem to happen far, far away from here, such as Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, you know, you, you see ritualistic sacrifices, you see people's hearts being ripped out of their chest, you see, see child slavery. Oh, but, it, but don't worry, it takes place in India. It doesn't take place in America. Okay, sure. Then there's the movie Hostel, which is one of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen. Um, takes place in Eastern Europe, where people pay to torture and kill people. Then there's movies like Midsummer. If it came out a few years ago about crazy cult-like activity taking place in Sweden. So obviously that doesn't happen here, it only happens in Sweden. Even things that happen in America, such as Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, don't worry, it's in the very, very rural backwoods of Texas. So don't worry about that happening in your inner cities or Hollywood or DC, that's only in the backwoods of Texas. And then we talk about Star Wars totalitarianism, um, this communistic type government 
but it's in a galaxy far, far away, so nothing to worry about. So let's set the stage here. The prequel trilogy takes place about 20 to 30 years before the original trilogy, and it talks about the transition from Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader, from Senator Palpatine to Emperor Palpatine, and from the Galactic Republic to the Galactic Empire. That's really what this prequel trilogy sets out to, to discuss, is all these transitions from one to another. And if you think about it, it's, this trilogy is really interesting when you, when you think about trilogies in general. Most trilogies, you get to the end and a, a bad guy is defeated. Well, in this, the bad guys win, which is very interesting and kind of a really interesting approach Lucas took to the story. So let's set the stage a little more. Let's talk about some organizations involved. There's a Republic Senate, which is the ruling body of the time. You can see there's all these hundreds of different Senate pods um, from all the different galactic elements of the Republic that have a seat on the Senate. Then there's, a, then there's your Jedi Council. So you see um, Anakin Skywalker talking to them here. That includes, you know, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda, Mace Windu, and, and dozens of other uh, Jedi leaders. Um, they're essentially the, the peacekeepers of the Republic, and, and if you think about it, kind of the galactic police. Now let's play a clip where Obi-Wan Kenobi talks about the Jedi Council um, as a kind of a flashback scene. This is an interesting video which combines original trilogy and, and prequel trilogy information. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic. Before the dark times. Before the Empire. So that's a little bit about the Jedi Council. Uh, the Trade Federation, that's the other big organization involved. They're really the big business in the Galactic Republic. Think about your big tech, think about your big business, your Fortune 500 companies, your Amazons, your Googles, Walmart, etc. They were very influential um, and were used as pawns basically in this war that was set up between, between different factions. So they were really used as, as somewhat useful idiots throughout the entire series. Now here's your kind of list of characters here. So you have Anakin Skywalker who becomes Darth Vader. He was once a Jedi, then he turned into Darth Vader. If you think about Darth Vader, and we'll kind of go through it over this uh, part one and part two, Darth Vader is essentially a useful idiot, if you think about it. He really has no control over his own life. He's really a pawn of Palpatine. And there's Obi-Wan Kenobi, who was Anakin's mentor and teacher, <clears throat> who you know fought him at the end of the prequel trilogy and then fought him again in the original trilogy. Then you have Palpatine, who really, really brings all the political machinations to light in this trilogy. He's a senator who becomes chancellor, and then he eventually becomes emperor. He was also called Darth Sidious um, because he was essentially organizing uh, uh, efforts against both sides of the conflict that was happening. And then you have uh, Padme Amidala. She was the queen of Naboo. She turned into a senator. She married Anakin Skywalker, and she was the one who gave birth to Luke and Leia as we, uh, the main characters we know from the original trilogy. Now here's some great quotes from Star Wars on politics. These two quotes here were from the original Star Wars novel by George Lucas. It was originally titled The Adventures of Luke Skywalker, uh, and then which turned into what was called Star Wars A New Hope. Let me read these. Quote, Once under the wise rule of the Senate and the protection of the Jedi Knights, the Republic throve and grew. But as often happens when wealth and power pass beyond the admirable and attain the awesome, then appear those evil ones who have greed to match. 
think about that in our country as well. You know, it was our country in the United States was allegedly created under you know, noble efforts, you know, trying to be free from um, England's rule. But over time, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And then here's the other quote. So, so it was with, like the Republic at its height. Like the greatest of trees able to withstand any external attack, the Republic rotted from within, though the danger was not visible from the outside. That's a great quote because that's happening here in our country right now. There's communist and socialist um, factions that are trying to destroy our country from inside, from inside out. Now here's some other great quotes from Star Wars on politics. This is from episode one, The Phantom Menace novelization. From Senator Palpatine, quote, The Republic is not what it once was. The Senate is full of greedy, squabbling delegates who are only looking out for themselves and their home systems. There's no interest in the common good, no civility, only politics. And I think you can see by the motley crew of characters we have here that that is very accurate to what's happening in our um, pol political realm as well. It's another great quote from episode one of novelization. Padme Amidala, quote, the courts take even longer to decide things than the Senate. <laughs> it, it's really, these quotes are really interesting because you kind of forget that we're talking about Star Wars here and not something in our world. <clears throat> another good one from episode two, Attack of the Clones novelization. Obi-Wan Kenobi to Anakin about Padme, who becomes his future wife. Quote, and don't forget that she's a politician. They're not to be trusted. And as you can see here, here's three totally untrustworthy people. We have Liz Cheney, Hillary Clinton, and our current Vice President Kamala Harris. And here's another great one. This is from the episode one novelization. Quote from Sen Senator Palpatine. <clears throat> Quote, the Chancellor has little real power. He's mired in baseless accusations of corruption. A manufactured scandal surrounds him. The bur bureaucrats are in control now. So you can see here with the pictures of what I'm trying to say here. You know, when Trump was president, you had all these manufactured scandals and baseless allegations um, lobbed against him, such as the impeachment, such as the Russia Russia Gate, such as the <clears throat> you know Capitol riot or, or whatever you want to call it, insurrection without any guns. Um, you know, you see that is very applicable to our world. Another great one here from the episode three, Revenge of the Sith. This is Padme Amidala regarding Palpatine reforming the Galactic Republic into the Empire. She says, so this is how liberty dies, with cheering and applause. Now let's watch another video clip. Of that, oh, sorry, nope, I don't have a video clip for that. Let's keep going. Here's another one. Uh, we'll cue a YouTube. We'll, we'll cue a clip after this. So this is also from episode three. From this is Darth Sidious or Palpatine, whatever you want to call him, to Anakin Skywalker, who's become his new apprentice. Quote: When you have killed them all, the Sith will rule the galaxy once more, and we shall have peace forever. And you can see the quotes I have here. You know, Biden calling for unity in his in his address, and then a quote from the Atlantic talking about we must remember those who. You know, stood with Trump. Basically, we must take them out. And then, and then one of the greatest, you know, uh, communist quotes ever from from AOC talking about: Are we archiving everything about these Trump sycophants for for anything they do in the future? Because they should not be allowed to be involved in politics or anything because they supported Trump. And then now here's a, here's the great great um, video clip from Palpatine um, talking about peace to Anakin Skywalker. And you can kind of see the the creepiness and the slyness in his voice as he's saying this because what he's proposing is anything but peace.
Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Uh, no. Yeah, right. Alright, let's keep going on. So, now let's talk about some of the elements in the movies themselves. So, in the first movie, The Phantom Menace, and this is about political machinations, so this episode we're going to talk about um, The Phantom Menace and The Attack of the Clones in regards to political machinations. In the second part to this series, we'll talk about the third movie, Revenge of the Sith, and then we'll also talk about some social-slash-emotional um, issues involved with totalitarianism because um, as we know that there's a lot of other social type issues in, in addition to politics that are um, involved in totalitarianism, communism, etc. So we'll, we'll tackle that on the second um, part of this series. So in movie one, The Phantom Menace, <clears throat> this was something where when people first watched this when it came out in the theaters, they were like, what the, what the heck is going on here? Uh, if you look at the at the crawl I show here, this is the opening crawl to The Phantom Menace. It says, Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. The taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems is in dispute. So I think when people saw this, they're like, oh, great. What the hell are we talking about here? This isn't going to be fun. It's going to sound stupid. So, But you really have to think about the story on a, on a grand scale. That's really just one piece of it. It's not The whole movie isn't about taxation of trade routes. That's just really how this whole thing kicks off. So the movie starts out with the trade dispute conveniently on Senator Palpatine's planet of Naboo. Um, and he even says, as his alter ego Darth Sidious, that he's bogged down the Senate in procedures. So basically, he's been keeping the Senate um, occupied with other stuff as so he can do this stuff in the background. So the, the planet of Naboo, there was a blockade by this trade federation, which we said is kind of a big, the big business of the universe. Um, they're, they're being taxed, so they're trying to make a statement here. They're, they're doing a blockade. And then they invade Naboo as, as a political maneuver to try to get their voice heard in the Senate. Now, in, important to note that while Palpatine is helping the Galactic Republic uh, through the Senate, he's also Darth Sidious who's controlling the Trade Federation on the other side. So there, this is really a shadow war. This is really a shadow invasion. He knows what he's doing. He knows what's happening on both sides. So he can provide information for either side to do whatever they need to do. Um, so halfway, midway through the movie, um, the queen, the queen of Naboo, um, Padme Amidala, she says, you know, Senator Palpatine, we really need help with this. Um, we need help with this blockade. We need help with this invasion. What can the Senate do to help us? Well, Palpatine says, well, you know, I don't think the Senate is going to help because their chancellor, their current leader, who you see a picture of him right here in, this, in the middle, this is Chancellor Valorum. He says, I don't think the senators, uh, I'm sorry, I don't think the chancellor is really going to do anything to help you, but you could possibly motion for a vote of no confidence in him to, you know, elect a new chancellor. Huh. In interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. He says that he can't do it, but he wants her to do it. So here's a quick clip about that. I will not defer. I've come before you to resolve this attack on our sovereignty now. I was not elected to watch my people suffer and die while you discuss this invasion in a committee. If this body is not capable of action, I suggest new leadership is needed. I move for a vote of no confidence in Chancellor Valorum's leadership. 
So just like what he what Palpatine wanted, he they they have a new um, they're going to have a new chancellor, and Palpatine is conveniently nominated, and then they, we find out later in the movie this. Senator Palpatine has been nominated to succeed Valorum as Supreme Chancellor. A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. Hmm. Surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. And, of course, as we know, he ends up winning that. And, you know, so by the end of the first movie, he goes from Senator to now Chancellor. So let's talk about Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. In this movie, that um, the, in the opening crawl, you find out that a lot of other planets have decided to take the same route as the Trade Federation and and directly oppose the Galactic Republic by seceding, you know, seceding from the Union, basically. So what we have now is a galactic civil war brewing, and with that happening, they re the Galactic Republic realizes that they really don't have the manpower to fight this other opposing opposing army, all these opposing um, gal um planets that have uh, moved to the other side, so they put forth what's called the Military Creation Act in the Senate, which <clears throat> Padme Amidala, who is now a senator after um, giving up her role as Queen of Naboo, she directly opposes this bill um, for, for a lot of various reasons. She saw the effect of war on her home planet of Naboo, and she didn't want to see that spread throughout the galaxy. So there are assassination attempts on her life, and then... Obi-Wan uh, is sent to track down who he thinks is responsible for this assassination attempt, which leads him, interestingly, to a clone army that's being created in secret but, uh, for the Republic. Now, it wasn't sanctioned by the Republic, it wasn't sanctioned by the Jedi Council, but it's conveniently being constructed in secret. So he finds out about this, he lets everybody know, and everybody's really confused as, as to how this is happening. Obviously, we know that Palpatine has been planning this for, for many years. He also finds an opposing droid army that the Trade Federation and the, the Confederate uh, planets um, have been constructing. So there's this droid army that's being constructed, which leaves the Galactic Senate to have to make a decision. You know, what are we going to do about this army that we found that's been allegedly created for the Republic? Should we use it? Should we not use it? And then, <clears throat> you know, there's so much squab as we know, there's so much squabbling back and forth in the Senate that, you know... Chancellor Palpatine wants to find a way to get emergency powers, similar to what he did in the prior movie, but he can't do that on his own. He needs somebody to make that call, uh, make a motion for him. So once again, we see another motion go forth in the Senate chamber from Naboo. In this case, it's, it's everybody's favorite character, Jar Jar Binks, who um, is, is working for, for Senator Amidala, who's off doing other things. So let's take a quick uh, listen to that clip. In response to this direct threat to the Republic, Lisa proposed that the Senate give immediately emergency powers to the Supreme Chancellor. that I have agreed to this calling. I love democracy, 
I love the Republic. The power you give me, I will lay down when this crisis has abated. Hmm. After the crisis is abated, I will return power. Uh, sure you will. Sure you will. So with this executive powers that he's received, he he says, okay, we're gonna use this clone. We're gonna use this clone army to the Republic's benefit because we need to fight this war. And then war ensues for the next several years. And at the end of episode two, you know, you really see the Empire starting to form under Palpatine's rule. Let's take a quick clip. The shroud of the dark side has fallen. Begun. The Clone War has. So yeah, you start to hear that Imperial theme that you hear throughout the original trilogy um, really starting to come into effect. And you know, this doesn't really seem like a happy ending to a movie, and this is really um, right right before everything kicks off into high gear in the prequel trilogy. But you can start to see, um, you can start to see kind of the elements of what Palpatine has been doing. He's been setting up this conflict between dueling sides. He's been manipulating both sides. He's been controlling both sides. He's been bogging the Senate down in uh, procedures and keeping them confused. And even even um, the Jedi have said too that they believe that their ability to use the Force has been diminished. So he's been you know influencing them negatively. And you'll see as we get into the next movie, um, Revenge of the Sith, that he has the Jedi involved in all these wars. Um, that is really not part of what they do fundamentally as an organization. So he has the Jedi confused, he has everybody confused, and he's going to use that to his advantage to truly take over the galaxy. But as we're going to talk about in part two, he needs help to do that. And that's where Anakin Skywalker comes into play. We haven't really talked about him much throughout this first part, but episode three is where he really um, joins everything on a galactic scale and helps the Emperor achieve what he needs to achieve. So I want to thank you for joining in and watching this exclusive a YouTube um, episode of Conspiracy in the Force. I hope you enjoyed it, and please do share this with your friends. Um, I'm looking to grow my YouTube page more than in the past, so if you can help share this page, share this video, um, I look forward to doing a lot more of these in the future. So thanks again, and may the Force be with you. Once again, you can follow me on Twitter at Conspiracy underscore Kyle, and that's Conspiracy with a K. All right, thanks again. May the Force be with you.